Bailey and Harper, we are official today. It is election day in America, USA, USA, USA. Roman Harper, how the fuck are you? I'm great. Turn them shits up, Kyle. I like it. Turn man. them shits up. We just got aggressive starting this podcast. Let's go. It's an aggressive way to start a podcast. Hey, man, anytime it's a voter, first of all, I voted this morning. Me too. Felt great. And it's a big difference in from state to state. In North Carolina, it's pretty easy to vote. I had no problem this morning. <laughs> No. Like you hear all these horror stories, and I'm like, my boy who just voted, he early voted in Georgia, and he was like, literally, it's like, dude, we had to wait forever. It was like a whole process. I'm like, uh. See, people kept telling me, there. I had a lot of friends. They're like, you haven't voted yet? You didn't early vote? Like, they're trying to shame me because I didn't early vote. And I'm like, nah, I felt bro. attacked, too. They got up all early. The people that have voted already were like, did you vote? Are, you know are I mean? we old school now? Because I kind of like going on election day. It, it just, wasn't bad at all. It was a great process. The poll people were awesome. Yeah, It was they me and another nice. dude. It was one, me and one other dude in there. Oh, really? Yeah. I, it, I had to wait in line for just a little bit. But I was in and out from the moment I got out of my car till back in my car in 12 to 15 minutes. Not bad. It was great. It's not bad so at all. So shout out to North Carolina for doing it the right way. Shout out to everybody that went out there and voted. Continue to push forward our... our um, our whole election and government process. Man. Sure. This is what we all do. So It's the most it's, important thing we do. And it I, is. And I, and it, I do I still think, believe that. I don't think we understand the magnitude of those words that you just well, said. Well, and to, to illustrate that point, again, there are some people who would roll their eyes when I say that because they're like, well, we just have the illusion of freedom and democracy in America. And um, I, I've heard even some pretty convincing arguments about that. But um, it, it is the most important thing that we can do as Americans. And, you know, uh, there are a lot of things that, Yes, maybe are the illusion of freedom, but like here, here's a good here's a good uh, illustration of I this, right? Know a great they're about a, they're about a million people in Charlotte, right? Do you know how many people voted in this last city council election? No, seventy three thousand people <laughs> in a city of a million. Seventy three thousand people voted. That's it in the city council election. You don't get to complain when you do that. I just learned those numbers a few weeks ago, and I was just gobsmacked when I heard it. I was like, 73,000. Like, this is, politics are most important on the ground level. Local politics. Like, we, we bitch and complain about the soap opera that is presidential elections and Senate elections and things like that, um, even Supreme Court nominations and stuff. But, like, nobody seems to want to give a shit about the local stuff, which is what impacts your day-to-day -day life the most. The most. And we have 73,000 people here in I Charlotte. I did not know that, Kyle. I didn't so either. You know what, what quite frankly, last, What was the last midterm election, I guess? What was that? I, I kind of wish I didn't know it also, by the way. But um, uh, the last midterms were 2020. Right? I'm sorry, 2018. What am I thinking? 2018. Yeah, 2018. Yeah, yeah. So four years ago, 2018. Yeah. Man, that's crazy, those numbers you said. I don't think I voted in the state of North Carolina in 2018, even though I had been living here for just – Maybe about a year almost. Uh, dude, it's wild, man. But, I, you know, it feels, you know, it, it's, it's important. I'm, I'm glad you told me those numbers. It makes it even more important. Because I love my wife to death, but she would be one of those. Like, oh, she didn't vote, but then, like, has an opinion about everything. Yeah. And, look, I have an opinion about everything, too, but at least I voted. So then, like, when you vote, you get to right to complain and to bitch. That's my opinion about it. Agreed. When you vote, you get the right. That's almost like the right. Yeah, but my vote doesn't matter, so I can complain if I want to because I didn't go vote. You didn't get your ass up and go to the poll. You didn't yeah. get. You didn't stand up and go get it. You, you couldn't remember even get that was the that was when everybody was all with Cap, and that was his first like mistake. Yeah, was that he said, "Well, oh, I didn't vote." They were like, "Oh man, hold on." So I don't want to talk a ton of politics, even Me really neither. that minute. But but I am interested in this because today. 
like these midterm elections, people are predicting a red wave, right? Republicans are going to take back the House. They're going to even take back a small majority in the Senate. And uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens tonight. But it does kind of feel like it's trending in that direction. And if it does, I think a lot of it's going to be attributed to the way that Democrats handled the pandemic and school closures and, you know, things that were offshoots of that. There seems to be early on, at least a, a deep belief that this is going to be a referendum on that, because I mean, you got kids in school, mine are too young to be there yet, but I hear a lot of people talking about how, you know, math scores are abysmal and science scores are abysmal and how, you know, the reading comprehension levels of so many kids in schools across the country have actually, you know, it, we, we've seen, um, you know, a lack of progress and, and, kids have gone backwards like that it seems like that's going to be one of the referendums on this when it's all said and done well i i i just think that's at a whole i think your own parenting parent involvement matters mm -hmm. when it comes to child, child's education uh we can't just lump and clump every child up together look i got four of them and i can't just do it or nah. i'm not serving all of them equally to the best of their abilities i think that's the real root of the problem but it, none of the, the, the things that you're talking about does not surprise me. What I would equate it to, Kyle, is, is not just about how they handled COVID, but um, at the end of the day, what is the real issues? And I, I think the everyday cool. life issues. We got a bunch of them. And the, that's the thing about the midterms. There are a bunch of them, right? right. Seriously. I mean, you, you got Roe v. Wade is a big one, right, for, for really both sides, but especially, I'm told, women on, on the left, on the political left. Um, we'll see, you know, how motivating that is today. Because right. months ago, that came out, you thought, oh, that's going to drive a lot of people to the polls, right? You well, know, because the biggest thing is like getting people to go. Right. Which I think is so interesting and been very intriguing. My only thing is this, is I just hate that, and I didn't even know this was a law, Kyle, was that, so in like normal ads, so McDonald's can't lie to you and tell you that you can get a sandwich for 99 cents and then you get there and it's like a dollar and eight. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's illegal to do. Like, you can't false advertise. But political ads, you can lie. And so oh. all the money that's <laughs> yeah, put you can. on the, the airwaves <laughs> and the TV waves that don't have to be true. You can just say whatever you want about somebody. And it gets very negative. And so that's the thing that I kind of, I'm just so, I try not to get so politically driven because all the negativity that's involved with it and how much they drag people in the mud. Instead of just being like, hey, you should vote for me because of this. Like, this is what I stand for. This is what I put on my own two feet. And like, right. these are my morals and all my great accomplishments. Like, that's why I'm running and trying to serve. Because ultimately, I'm here to lead, but serve the people I'm leading. Sure. I you mean, know, that is what you're supposed to be called to do. And that's what I wish our politics were like. Like, man, this is why this person's good. And not always, because sometimes you get two bad apples, so you choose the best out of the bad apple. But at the end of the day, it's like, dude, all they do is just tear each other down. It's vicious. Dude, I was driving through Atlanta, uh, coming back from Athens on the radio. It was freaking bloodbath. Oh, it's bro. a bloodbath on the on the radio station. Uh, it was it's horrible. And like I I went to the mailbox two days ago, and I hadn't grabbed North the mail in a couple of days. Bad too. Well, it, oh yeah, it's but terrible. Not, it's not as bad as Georgia's. I had seven different flyers, right? But I know your point about Georgia because in here in North Carolina, when I stream our radio station, you know, if I'm out working out or something, right. we're getting Georgia Stacey Abrams, Brian Kemp ads. While, <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I'm in Charlotte. What the fuck's <laughs> happening here? But I went to the mailbox two days ago, and I got like seven different flyers 
from political candidates. And one of them, I think it was from Ted Budd. And look, I don't care if you like Ted, hate Ted, how you feel about abortion, but they put this flyer in my mailbox that said public health emergency. And it was a yellow piece of paper, big black block letters, public health emergency, public health notice. I'm like, oh shit, what's going on? Like, is there something going around or whatever else? And it's like, you know, this is a big deal. It's affecting children. And, and so then you open it up. I'm like, what's, what's going on? Oh, it's Ted Budd going after Sherry Beasley because she supports a woman's right to choose and abortion and this, that, and the other. I'm like, listen, I mean, again, you, your, thought, your stance on abortion is your own, but that shit ought to be illegal. Like, you should not be able to fucking do that to people with political mailings. There's so much money wasted on politics in this country. It is disgusting. Money in politics is the root of all of our problems, and I know it's not a novel concept. I didn't come up with it, but it's so true still today. When we open the floodgates for dirty money, dark money, corporate money into American politics, it was the end of, of fair politics and good politics. Well, I, I can't even say that because there's never been great politics. But uh, we used to at least have some statesmen and some politicians that you know did things for the greater good. I'm not sure that we have any anymore, and I hate to say that because I'm sure there are some good dudes and good ladies out there that are well-intentioned. But as soon as they get inserted into the political machine, they're, they're done. It's tough. It's tough, man. It's so tough. And, so, and also, man, I, I applaud some of them for at least – Sticking through that good fight, man. Um, well, there's so many divisive wedge issues right now, not to cut you off, but like you talked about a couple of them. Abortion's one of them. Obviously, guns are still very much at the forefront after uh, you know a shooting or two. Um, you know, we got the transgender stuff now because you got the, the, the battle over who can play sports with whom, and you know, that like there are some really strong, uh, divisive, right. charged issues that are a part of these midterms. And so, and one of the cool things with all this, um, talking to one of my best friends, my boy Stefano. Um, shout out if he's listening, is that, um, you know, he lives in Miami, like south, south Florida, like south of Miami. And he's like, dude, he said, man, it's crazy, like the rhetoric that you hear around here in Florida and like all these people, like his wife is from like Miami, like born and raised in Miami, but her, but her parents are off the boat Cubans, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So like in their mind, all they hear is the word communism or yep. so, so like, bro, and I'm and so my boy coming from Alabama moving, you know, he was an immigrant as well. Like he had a green card and then he got his citizenship later on in life. It was like the biggest day for him to like become a U.S. citizen. You know what I mean? Being over here for as long as he had been and not having an actual citizenship. It's a big it was, deal. It was huge. Yeah. And so he lived it and he was in at Prattville, Alabama, where, dude, he was like the only Hispanic dude. And, you know, in a, in a place that's majority white to black, 65, 35. So already being a minority, but now you're like a super minority, you know? Can I say something about that? It's yes. really interesting because I was just having that conversation this morning. How much of the Hispanic voting bloc has broken off and gone to the right? gone to the with the republicans mm -hmm. right and and latina women especially yeah have moved in that direction or if they were just there to begin with um but that's been a really interesting part of this coverage up so, to the midterms. so it's not only the issues that you talked about the abortion the um the the whole women's uh sports yeah. deal it's not just the because a lot of these hispanics are majority catholic they are absolutely you know what i mean so they they have their own faith and their own beliefs and really and like and they come from a different place, too. So I, I think it's one that we all love and respect it all. But my boy was just saying how in, like, Florida, and especially in South Florida and some of these areas, you know, the, the fear of they're going to take stuff from you, they're going to take your guns, they're going to, you sure. know, they're taking rights from you. This is going back to where you went that your parents or your grandparents had to go through. 
And, he, and my boy Stefano was like, dude, the thing about it is like, these people don't even know what, like, because in their minds, America's not racist. What are you talking about? Like, everybody kind of does whatever. He's like, yeah, it's because you live in Miami. Like, <laughs> like, this is Miami's not America. And he's like, he's like, dude, he said, dude, it's the most frustrating thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, he's like, and like, their opinions, this is like, have you been to, no, nah, man, for like, in Miami. I was like, he's like, yeah, Miami's not. Right. Right. It's not. No, it's like, dude, it's, it, it's, one, it's a different vibe. It's a total different vibe from like everywhere else. Like, is it America? Yes. Yes. Is it a different America? Absolutely. <laughs> There's no, and it, it's a fun America. Like it's a, no, I got no problem with Miami so at all. He has this unique dynamic or life because, you know, his mom, his wife being Cuban, living in Miami, South oh, yeah. Miami, and, you know, having this whole Cuban feel and relationship where he is Honduras. He's Honduran and Italian, so we've been seeing more and more Latino voters swing to the Republicans. I think for like it's very interesting. Look, for a while, Cubans I, have been there for a while. To your point, Cubans have been there for years. Yes, but yes. more and more other, you know, Hispanics and, and Latinos, and especially Latina women. There, there was an article I saw the other day that was, uh, it said I think it was entitled. Um, how 2022 became the year of the Latina Republican. I love it. Uh, because that's what's happening. And, and the so, thing is, like. So I, I love it just because, like, it's their opinion. And it's yes. their right. Yes. That's why I love it. Absolutely. And that's the best part about what we have. Kyle. Well, because the part of politics and, that's kind of sickening is that you see these politicians and these political parties um, take for granted the votes that they have from certain voting blocks, right? Mm -hmm. You know, certain yes. ethnicities, you know, certain races, things like that. Um, it's a point that Kanye West, I know, has tried to make, maybe yeah. not, not so in the best the way at times. Democratic report. But it's, the same thing is true of, of Latino voters, Latino voters. Yeah. And recently up in a place like Dearborn, Michigan, where there was a, like, uh, there was a huge swath of the Muslim community in Dearborn, Michigan, that was hard pushing back on the school board and the local politicians there, you know, on the inclusion of some of the gender ideology and things like some of the material and literature that was found in the children's library. And it was like, okay, this Muslim voting block has just been, you know, part of the democratic machine for a while now, but then all of a sudden they're rearing up and telling the, the people they've been voting for, no, absolutely not. This is against our religion. Yes. We don't believe in this. You know, yes. you're not going to force this on our children. Yes. And so just watching the way that politics has fractured over the past couple of years or the way that blocks change and, it, I think it's extreme sides on both sides, and it's uh, it's like those are some of the ones that get the they're the loudest. Yeah. So so. And then on the other side, like you got you know the people January sixth, and you know the election was stolen, and you know some of those people that have broken off and like yeah the election probably wasn't stolen. Like I'm still a conservative, <laughs> but I'm not going to say that. And so I don't know, man. Politics today are in a very different place than they were six years ago. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, I would totally three thousand percent agree with you. Um, Speaking of politics, I will. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, no, I was going to pivot us to football, but yeah, it's also because yeah, I was going to say it's also I, kind of politics. Yeah, I would love. I want to. This is going to be my last thing, and this is the advice I would give anybody, um, including you, Kyle. And I try and tell myself this all the time: is that, in all honesty, though, at the end of the day, I'm going to exercise my rights to continue to vote, do yep. what I need to do, because that allows me. That's my right to, and also that's my right to voice my opinion and put it on paper. But at the end of the day. I ain't never had a president, a congressman, a councilwoman, ain't none of them ever went out there and made me no money or did any of my own hustle nope. or like did nothing for me. So at the end of the day, I still control yeah. my future and my ability to impact and do and make my own decisions. And those freedoms are why we vote and I appreciate them every single day. And so I also tell myself, they can't help you, bro. The only person that's here for you is yourself. And you got to understand that first and foremost before you 
uh, try and blame everybody else's like our politics or all these other things that are completely broken in our society. There are certain pillar issues that I think we all are convicted about that, yep. we'll, that we'll never change our minds on. But mm-hmm. other than that, I don't look to politicians to better my life. Yeah. I don't. I, I I don't respect most politicians. If I'm being honest, and, I, and I'll tell them that to their faces. I mean, I, I don't. Your they people. would probably agree with you and understand why. Uh, you, I, <laughs> what, what kind of person wants to be a politician in this day and age? I, you got to ask yourself that first and foremost. Again, I know that that's well. They uh, until it gets back corrected. Nobody. Maybe I could do it when I'm like fifty. Again, I'll put this out there. There are some, a small percentage of them that I think are well-intentioned people that want to change the world. And probably just don't it's realize a, what, toxic, what they're uh, jumping into. Yeah. But, but, then, right, but the rest go. of them, last thing, you got to ask yourself, what kind of person wants to be in control of other people's lives? What kind of person wants to have ultimate power over other people's lives, right? The kind of people that you want in leadership are not the kind of people that want to run for political office. Yeah, let that sink in. Now, this is also politics to a degree. When I saw the news yesterday that Jeff Saturday had just become the interim head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, uh, it stopped me in my tracks, man. And it was I, – I couldn't believe it when I saw it yesterday. And it didn't even dawn on me at the time that, you know, there were going to be obvious conversations of, okay, well, the, the NFL just had this minority panel about diversity and, you know, trying to get new fresh faces in some of these positions. And you know, so, like, bro, they just plucked this man off the ESPN booth out of get up in New York and was like, hey, come on back, coach this team for the next eight games, even though you've never done it before. It's wild, man. And not only that, you got Reggie Wayne on the sideline who's already an assistant coach. Um, I, I'm not here to you know, craft some argument against Jeff Saturday or wax poetic about it or get outraged or anything like that, but that was some wild shit yesterday. I've never seen it happen before. I'm, um, you know what? I, so I would have a different opinion. Okay. Than mine? I don't even no, have one. No, 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 no. So let me – here, I'll finish it. Then, I'll, then you'll understand. I would have a different opinion than what – so yesterday, early when I first saw it, I had a different opinion than what I have today. Okay. All right, the initial shock, the initial, like, WTF, what the hell is going on, you name it, it was weird. Then listen to what Jim Irsay saying about why, because they had a – he hired him and, like, brought him in. They had a whole meeting, right? They, had, they introduced him yeah. as well. So, and Jeff Saturday was beyond shocked as well. I don't think this was a call he was talking about, whatever, um, beforehand. But anyways, Ursay said he wanted somebody that was outside of football. Like, he didn't want an NFL guy. He said, like, I don't want a traditional thing. He said, because what I'm seeing right now, they're too stuck in their own ways. So, I can tell that. He was this place of frustration as an owner, and it's his team. Yeah. And of all the owners, I know Ursay is not perfect, but I do know one thing is that he does value relationships. Yeah. So, and when you're like one of his people, like you're one of his people. And I think Jeff is one of those. Jeff, last Saturday, everybody talked about how great of a leader he was. You know, he's a good player and all that other thing. I, I don't know if he's a Hall of I don't know. But you know, you know, you know my opinion about sure centers and Obviously. interior guys. Oh, overrated. But all of them, every last one of them. All, of, but overall, that's what. So I accepted at this point. I just want to see what this thing is going to be like because he was just talking trash about the Las Vegas um, Raiders just last week. 
at ESPN, and now he's got to play against them. It's so, funny. It's really it's funny. funny. It's really funny. I, I, but that was my opinion about it, Kyle. But before that, though, I had all kinds of things. So here's my thought. I mean, I don't think he's there to be the head coach permanently. I don't think he's going to do it next year. Do you? No, hell no. No, he's there to you know reinstill some culture that was there before. Well, do what do they do? do does Matt Ryan go back to starting? Like, what do they do? I, I don't know, but I do know this: to just start going back to the, the folks that were pointing out the diversity issues with, with NFL head coaching. I think we're all generally well. I shouldn't say that. A lot of us are on the same page there. But Jim Irsay, to your point a second ago, is the same guy who hired both Jim Caldwell and Tony Dungy, correct? Yeah. So, you know, it's not as if he's got a you know bad track record of, of hiring head coaches. I mean, you had two guys there that were respected. and No, that's so my, – also my initial thought was – and I got some of this from my um, – some of my friends in a group chat. It was just like – it seemed – it came off as almost like white privilege, right? Where, like, this guy who's not even involved all of a sudden gets to run a whole organization. Right. Well, and I wouldn't even say white privilege as much as, like, that wasn't my thought at all, but some people mentioned that to me. And I would say my initial thought was, dang, talk about somebody that's been on that staff or a coach that's been coaching the league for, like, 15, 20 years, just trying to grind your way up. And all of a sudden, this guy comes off the street. Oh, yeah. Above you. That I get. Like, man, it's almost lightweight disrespectful. Now I got to come in and I'm supposed to listen to you? Uh, it's just really weird right now. Oh, believe me, you know that, I mean? that part so, makes total sense. So, right? so that part for me being in the locker room for so long, that was my initial. I was like, dude, I mean, if I'm a dude on that staff who now I'm work wet, it's so weird. So that that all all those emotions are real, Kyle, and should be. Uh, yeah. Uh, should feel fair. I look. I I think again. I I wouldn't go running and accusing Jim Ursay of. Like I said, being a racist. Um, at the same time, no, though, I wouldn't at all. I think he's very relationship uh, driven. Yes. I think he puts a high, high quality uh, thing on character and relationship. Dude, he bought Edron James a, a fire ass car. Uh, Did he really? For, yeah, when he Edge got it to the Hall of Fame, he asked him what he want, and he bought him like a Rolls Royce or a Ferrari, something like something. Wow, crazy. Yeah, he bought it for him. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it, but the, to your other point, it's it's just weird. Like Jeff, like Jeff Saturday's been doing ESPN. Get up, yeah. Um, you know he does. I don't know if you know this. He flies in for some Tar Heel football games to do the radio broadcast with Jones Angel. I didn't um, know that. Yeah, he, of course he played at North Carolina. So and he um, didn't he um, he was just doing. He coaches a high school. Yeah, I think as recently as twenty twenty, they weren't very good, by the way, which has been pointed out in the last twenty four hours that they sucked in twenty twenty and went three and seven. Um, but still, it's just strange. Yeah, that's all. On. That's all I know. And and like this is we went. From, remember how we were all kind of blown away that a guy who lives here, by the way, Josh McCown, was even being discussed as the next coach of the Texans like a year and a half ago. And no. so then the Colts just oh, went. Yeah. At, the Colts just went ahead and did it. They're like, hey, Jeff, we need you for a few months. You can <laughs> just come on. We could we could use you. We'll cut you a nice check. So we'll see how it goes. What did you think? Let's get to the other stuff. SEC football this weekend. Um, were you surprised that Georgia jumped all over Tennessee like that? Uh, yes and no. Um, yes, because I thought Tennessee would show up better. Tennessee did not handle the moment well. They look like it too. They didn't handle it. Well, you got to handle it early. Right. And so in football, man, you don't handle it early. Team like Georgia gets up. You're in Georgia. Yep. You know, you don't – Hendon missed a couple throws. He had one down the, down the seam. Overthrew him by like five yards. Overthrew eh? him yeah. by like – it looked closer than that on the Was tape. it? Okay. Yeah. But, yes, that one, 
So you got these opportunities, and Georgia hit on their big plays, three big plays early. Did they? My on God. drives, right? Yep. They had, you know, you know, Stetson scored on the first one, but it had the post route, hit a deep post route. They scored on that drive. The double move by Lab McConkey scored on that one. And then the other one was the um, – uh, the running back out the backfield. Yep, the wheel route. Yep, yeah, yeah, the yeah. wheel route. Three big plays, 21 points. Tennessee, it, it's over. It's a wrap. Now yeah. their defense sets in. Dude, and they had a great game plan defensively. I thought it was awesomely executed. And that's why I didn't think – when you got athletes who are smart, know where their eyes need to be at, the coaching staff is on the same page, knows what they're trying to do and execute it at a high level, that's what you get. And I saw Georgia – Look, I know this, Kyle. I won't pick against Georgia until they prove me wrong. Nope, no more. I, I took Tennessee. I, you know, with Nolan Smith going down last week, I was like, yeah, this might be, you know, a big opportunity. Tennessee. Well, I, 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 did, I, did, I knew, I knew Tennessee would be Alabama or Georgia this year. I just thought Alabama was better, so they would be naturally they beat Georgia. I was wrong about that. I stuck with my guns all year wrong. So I've been wrong twice about Tennessee. And by the game, I knew they probably wouldn't win just because. The football guys don't work that way. Also, Vegas was telling you that. The line, all that money being put on Tennessee and the line not moving, Vegas knew what was up. And so it was like 90-some percent of the money was still riding on Tennessee. And they were like, nah, that usually means like Vegas is going to make a big big yep. killing. And they did. And so, they did. So that's what they do. So um, it was a great weekend for them. And Alabama lost to LSU. Uh, about the SEC, Alabama lost. LSU LSU outplayed them. Alabama, um, I, I think LSU outcoached them. I think LSU outplayed them. Um, I still think Bryce is a magical player. Um, he was off. He wasn't his best. But, you know, he was he good enough? Yeah. Sorry, but your defense was not. They don't cause turnovers. Alabama, speaking of Alabama specifically. Yeah. They don't cause turnovers on defense. And they're undisciplined as a team. On the biggest third downs in situations, they get penalties. Um, you, you, another game, you had nine penalties, maybe more. Nick, look how you got out coached on Saturday. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, and look, I'll just be flat out honest, Kyle. I'm watching these defenses. I haven't seen, look, I haven't seen, I haven't seen a play offensively this year where I'm like, dang, that, that was a freaking hell of a play call right there. Like, that Not was one, something. huh? No, nothing that I haven't seen before. But wasn't this bound to happen? Like, first of all, Bryce yes, Young. balance. Yeah, well, not only that, Bryce Young, who might be the most talented Alabama quarterback in the Nick Saban era, <laughs> is now surrounded by the least talented wide receivers and tight ends of the Nick Saban era. Yeah. So we got to point that out. That's, that's absolutely true. That is true. Uh, the defense does not look impressive at all. Mm -hmm. um, I'm even hearing some, some people who break down film for a living for the draft looking at Will Anderson and be like, yeah, he's really good, but like, we're not sure that he's transcendent, you know, elite at the next level type of good. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, that's I had a – some, I had people question me that too. That's up for debate. I mean, I'm not one of those guys. I don't. I don't study film for a living, so I'm not. I'm going to abstain from that conversation. But I mean, it's. I know a guy that likes Ojulari better. I've heard that. Yeah, I've read that yesterday. As a matter of fact, yeah. but the thing is, you know, Nick did get out coached. Um, Brian Kelly's a good football coach. You don't have to like him, but Brian, yeah. Brian Kelly's a good football coach, and we've always kind of known that. And on top of that, the Tennessee blowout of LSU and Baton Rouge looks a whole hell of a lot better today than, than it even did four days ago. So Tennessee's got a chance to be just fine. Right? Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with you on that. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've got a chance to be just fine. 
um, you know, if they can get some help maybe in the ACC title or the SEC title game or something like that. But uh, they beat a good team at LSU, right? So they beat LSU, they beat Bama, they beat Kentucky, they beat who else? Um, I mean, Tennessee's got a really, really strong resume still. Yes, they do. They do. I, I, I think Tennessee, they just got to continue to control their own destiny. But I still think Georgia wins and the national championship. I, I would not. I just said I'm not yeah. betting against Georgia. Not, not again. They proved me wrong. <laughs> not again. Not doing it. Thank you. <laughs> they play with a sense of urgency and want to. Look, man, I loved what they did. They out-executed it. And it was great. And they got the experience. Stetson Bennett is experienced in big games. He likes being aggressive and playing with some swag. So that's what he does. And the team believes in him. And he's good for this team. And he's good for the university. Like, And he's good for the SEC. Oh, yeah. So – um, Did you see that they that somebody doxed him and gave his phone number out to uh, yeah, the I know that's why he told him to keep call. Yeah, me. yeah. Call me then. Oh my God, dude! Keep that's that same energy. College football is the keep best. Keep that same energy. College football is the best, man. Yeah. <laughs> keep that same energy. And you know what? Stetson Bennett doesn't get enough credit because him and Bryce, him and Bryce Young are the same height. By the way, I'm pretty sure they're like the exact same height. Um, and I'm not saying they're the exact same player because I think Bryce Young is a better football player. But Stetson Bennett's a really good football player. He didn't get enough credit last year. He's not getting enough credit this year. What's he done? What's he thrown? 17 touchdowns to three interceptions this year? I think nearly the same yardage as Bryce Young has so far this year. Nobody's talking about Stetson Bennett winning the Heisman Trophy. It doesn't seem to be anyway. No. Um, you know, you got, his numbers aren't there. Well, he hasn't thrown for as many touchdowns Look, as a guy I'm like C.J. Stroud. But, you know, maybe he just continues to play well in the big games. And, you know, nobody's had this true defining Heisman moment. But isn't that what the Heisman Trophy's about? Yeah, yeah, And it'll all come. So it'll be cool. I hope, I hope he does get a chance. Um, at the end of the day, though, I, what other things happened in the SEC that were kind of wild? Those are the two big things. Um, you know, Alabama taking a lose. A lot. But then, oh, this is one more thing too, Kyle. Well, two more things because um, I don't love – well, three things. Here we go. Number one, <laughs> I'm sitting on the couch, Kyle, and on the last two-point conversion, I love that Brian Kelly went for that. I'm sitting on the couch, Kyle. I see them come out of the huddle, and I'm sitting on my couch, and I'm like, dude, this is freaking sprint out. Like, it looks like sprint out. Offset running back to the quarterback's throwing arm. Then I see the wide receivers line up in a tight split. I'm like, bro, it's fucking sprint out. This is sprint out. Yep. Because they got to give themselves room to, like, go out and catch the ball. I'm like, bro, this is a sprint out. And then they do the Jerry Rice motion with the tight end. I'm like, it's fucking sprint out. Go. <laughs> Go. The motherfucker ran right out there. Touchdown. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this uh, is like, Kyle, this is so, like, it's just football. And, like, how do they not know that? I know it. I want, are they yelling it? Is anybody saying anything to anybody? All right? No, nah, so, doesn't seem that way. So, to me, that was a coaching error defensively because the, the guys don't know. Right? They clearly didn't know. No, no. Clearly. What do you think right. going to – I got a question for you. And then – Oh, on. sorry. You go ahead and finish Then my, my last one was that the um, – Nick, whoever made the decision to go for two, when instead of just going up five, bad mistake. Mm -hmm. That cost you the game too because you had the opportunity – so the coaches made an error on that one, okay? And then, Kyle, lastly, and I don't give Nick Saban enough credit when I talk, especially on some of my TV shows, but what he said after the game was so important. It was so good and, and said so well. He talked about not being, like, you know, be, he talked about being outcoached, being outplayed. Mm -hmm. He took a lot of credit. He took a lot of it on, on himself and his play in it. 
and also other coaches and players. Like, he was very honest and, and brief with it. It was great. And then also giving credit just in the fact of that um, as fans, everybody's disappointed, but nobody's more disappointed or sad than the players in the locker room, the ones that actually put their blood, sweat, and tears into it. Sure. That so often teams have end up with, you know, um, that – you know, this was going to be a tough, a tough game, this environment, and that, you know, at Alabama, like, your season's not over. Like, you still mm -hmm. still can go out there and play and win games and control what you can. I, I thought his words were great. So, I, and that's true. As much as anybody of these fans or any other media wants to talk about Alabama, Alabama's lost two games by four, a total of four points. Like, Alabama's a really good team, a highly, highly talented team. They are. But the Alabama's also two words that are some of the worst to describe you in sports, and that is potential and undisciplined. Mm -hmm. Those are some of the two worst words that people can use about you because you ain't did nothing yet that yeah. you do that. yeah. And He's then got potential. You're, but, yeah, <laughs> but you're undisciplined, and you don't ever reach the peak potential when you're undisciplined. Like no. it, it just doesn't, it doesn't connect. No, and it's why. Okay, side note: I, I one of my best friends called me last night, and we hadn't talked in a couple of weeks. But when he calls, usually this time of year, it's just so we can bitch about Virginia Tech football. And he calls me, and he's you know he he I already know what he wants, and he starts talking about it. I'm like, listen, Brent Pry took over a program that had been absolutely run into the ground by Justin Fuente. Um, honestly, Justin Fuente should have been let go after 2020. I understand why. Middle of the pandemic, $15, $16 million buyout, whatever. It is what it is, but probably should have been gone. But, like, I didn't, my expectations were low for Virginia Tech football this year. First year, the, the guy lost most of the offensive talent to the transfer portal. Yeah. Right? It's going to take some time to get it back. A thousand percent. Um, I didn't expect them to be the worst Division One football program in the Commonwealth of, of Virginia, but that looks like that might be what they are. I can handle being bad. The thing that's infuriating is watching them commit eight false starts a game. That's the worst part. Yeah. Like, that's the easy part, bro. Like, that's <laughs> if you get everything Un wrong after the snap, man, I'm cool with it because I understand. Undisciplined. I get it. I understand. Undisciplined. If things after the snap go wrong, understood. Y'all can't even line up and get the snap count right? Like, that's, that, that's the stuff that's troubling as, as a fan right now. And, and, look, maybe it goes away. Maybe it's, hey, let's play the freshmen, start a new I, – I, all that stuff. That's cool. But there's not much worse than watching an undisciplined football team that can't stop committing penalties and, and earns 12 to 13 penalties a game. It's unwatchable. That's bad football. Horrible. Horrible. The teams that play bad football, like they never reach their peak or to the top. Because they play bad football. Right. So like, I, look, I watched Auburn. Auburn fought their tails off for Cadillac. Play hard. Mississippi State also did what Mississippi State did, try to give you a game. Yep. Like, they'll give you a game. Not every time. It's Mike Leach. He's going to give you a game. Like, they'll give you a game. You might think you got him beat, dead, blown <laughs> out. He's going to give you a game. You know what I mean? Or they will give you the game. Yep. You could, they could be up big. Sometimes just, both. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sometimes both. <laughs> All right. So, this is how this one was. Mississippi State was up 24-6. Wasn't even close. Mm -hmm. Auburn had did anything. Next you know, Mississippi State, a couple of fumbles, interceptions. Mike Leach just dropping back, dropping back, dropping back. Quarterback getting hit. Anyways, every time Auburn – all of a sudden Auburn gets some action, they get a couple first downs. Every time they get in the red zone, false start. I'm like, dude, 
first and fifth. Come on. Why y'all keep getting penalties every time y'all get a first down? Yeah. It's like every single time you just set yourself back. Like the, the false start penalties, like you were saying. So I, I don't think you ever reach your true potential when these things always continue to happen. And they usually happen on bad teams or undisciplined teams uh, to get back to those words that we're using. I, I want to ask you a question. Uh, two of them, actually. Uh, first one is, do you think Jimbo Fisher is at Texas A&M next year? Is he yes. still there? You, yes. you think so? Is it yes. simply because of the monstrous buyout? 2,000%. Yeah. It's obscene. 2,000%. I mean, even if you could negotiate it down, how good would you feel about paying a coach 40 or $50 million to go away? <laughs> like that, that, I don't know how you'd do that. Like hey, they, look, man. they owe him 86 contractually if they were to fire him this year. I have no words to describe that. <laughs> Like, I've, we've never seen anything like Besides, this in college good football. good job, Jimbo. I guess, or Jimmy Sexton, or both. I mean, that's – is Jimmy Sexton the richest non-athlete coach, media member in sports? He has to be, right? Probably. Has to be. Because he got all these coaches. Yes. It's all guaranteed. Yeah, he is the godfather of coaching contracts in college football. Jimmy Sexton is the man that convinced every AD in the country that every coach needed to have at least four years remaining on his contract, you know, in order to recruit. Yeah. Uh they're going to write books about There's going to be a 30 for 30 on Jimmy Sexton one day. Yeah, dude. He kind of pimped the system. Not even going to lie. I mean, I can't be mad at him. I mean, he's – I'm not either. But he definitely did it. That happened. All right, so that's one question. Getting out of college football for a second. I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks. What's your take on Kyrie Irving getting uh, suspended and all the stuff that he got into? Because I, I, I saw a headline today that so, – Jay- So, I have not seen the uh, documentary. I'm gonna, I haven't either. I'm going to watch it. I haven't either. Just because I want to see, like – what the hell is everybody all up in arms about? I, I do understand what everybody's up and all in arms about. And at the end of the day, all right, number one. And so do you want the negative or the positive first, Kyle? Let me see. Oh, is there one of each? I think it is. Just hit me with whatever you got. Number one, this is just me being Roman, being a, a, a brother growing up in Alabama with parents who grew up in a segregated South is that if, and I say that because I want to tell you the whole truth. All right, so if some people can support the KKK and neo-Nazism and they don't get ostracized and, like, they can't do this, like, I just want to make it all fair. Because Kyrie, and that's number one, because that's, like, their own choice, right? So I got to be able to respect that in a certain way I can say it's wrong but whatever that's my opinion on that for those that choose to hate or not like people because of whatever your own reasons or beliefs are okay that's that say that first because it's not just Kyrie um but anytime you're not able to explain your own words or opinions and it's something controversial you're going to look like a dummy I think you should try and steer clear of that unless you're really truly educated on these subjects and situations and also be able to explain your piece if you don't agree with every single bit of what the whole thing represents Kyrie then you shouldn't promote it or not even say promote it but put it on your social media and talk about what is out there and if you do do that be willing to stand up and say why you did that and this particular reason is this this and this I don't agree with these things that were said this that and the other like Make sure you at least – I mean, did he even watch it? Did – of course, I think he watched it. He, yeah, he was – two things on that. Remember, did you see the, the argument he got into with the reporter, Nick well, Friedel? That's, that's what I'm saying. Because he couldn't – he couldn't, like, answer the 
Like, if you're not willing to sit up here and stand on some of these things, you got to right. understand. Right. When you hit the word, the button tweet. Yes. That's for him. That's like you having. It was his. Uh, that, that's part is, of it. That, that part of it was childish where he's up. here. I didn't promote it. I didn't. Bro, you didn't add any context. So yeah. all that anybody with a reasonable mind is left to, to you know, conclude is that you're retweeting it to promote it, bro. Like, yeah. if you want to create awareness around it with some commentary, that's a completely different <laughs> completely context. Completely different. Peck out a few letters just to clear things up if it's yes. that. But all you did was hit the retweet button. So, yes. of course, people are going to interpret that as an endorsement. Now, to something else you said. Um, look, I, I'm, I'm on record about it. I don't put a lot of value in things that Kyrie Irving said because he said so many asinine things over the years that I stopped really paying attention to him a long time ago. I don't find a lot of value in the things that Kyrie Irving says. That said, I'm a white guy. I, I, I'm not black. I'm not Jewish. Yeah. Um, I have friends that obviously are both black and Jewish. Yes. Um, you know, I, I've listened to both in the past. I've, I've heard stories about tension between the black community and the Jewish community from certain people, not from others. Like I, I have a vague understanding that something exists and you know, yeah, I've looked into it a little bit more as of late. Um, but still the thing is to your point, I get that Amazon's a platform and I've seen some analogies drawn to like Mein Kampf being in libraries and um, you know, it's not wrong to have it in a library, but you know, if somebody picks it up and reads from it and promotes it, that that is anti-Semitic and that's what's happening here. But Bro, I mean, these sports leagues want to be in business with Amazon and Jeff Bezos, right? He, he is platforming this stuff. If it's so horrible, why is it on Amazon, right? And I don't think that's an unreasonable thing to point out. I really don't. And I, I think, again, Kyrie, being a white guy, yes, I can have a surface-level understanding of what's, what's happening here. I'm not a part of either one of these communities, yep. so I've never felt it in a personalized so, way. So he is allowed his perspective on the world. There's yes. no doubt about that. Yes. But my thought also is, if you were convinced that Jews run the world and, and have all the money and have all the power, what did you think was going to happen when you did what you did? Because, of course, they, <laughs> to your point, you think they pull all the strings economically, financially, politically. What did you think they were going to do? <laughs> right? I mean, same with Kanye. Did you really think that you – well, I'm Kanye. I mean, bro, they were always going to pull the plug as soon as you started doing stuff like this. So, I mean, it's about actions and consequences to me, not really who's right or wrong necessarily because that's not for me to determine. Well, I, I love your, your – I love your opinion on that, Kyle. I love uh, how you so put that, and especially the last sentence you said. That ain't that ain't up to. That's me. not up for me to determine. <laughs> yeah. Like that's I can't tell Kyrie he's wrong to see the world the way that he does necessarily. Um, you know, just being anti-Semitic for to, for being right. anti is wrong. I don't. I think that obviously being racist is wrong. Period. But I mean, uh, Kyrie's allowed to hold views if he wants to hold views. Right. So my only thing would be: uh, Is he going to apologize? Does he ever play basketball again? Those are questions being asked this week. Really? We had a Nets reporter from The Athletic join our station, I think it was last Friday. Uh, a guy's name's Alex Schiffer, covers the Nets for The Athletic. And it's one so man's So they opinion. want him to, like, bend the knee? Oh, God, yeah. You haven't seen the list of demands? Well, I'll, I'll get it for you. Uh, I got to see this. Oh, yeah. No, he has to apologize. I think, he's al I think they've already donated 500. Oh, he has to make a $500,000 donation to anti-hate causes, apologize and condemn the film he promoted, complete sensitivity training, complete anti-Semitism training, meet with the ADL and Jewish leaders, which is the Anti-Defamation League. So uh, There's that, one more here. Meet with the team owner, Joseph Sy, to demonstrate an understanding of the situation. Those are the demands for him to be reinstated. Mind you, Joseph Sy, who is, I believe, both Chinese and Canadian, um, is the same man who went after Daryl Morey and you know the tweet that he had about free Hong Kong, stand yeah, with yeah, Hong yeah. Kong, right, wagging his finger. He called freedom of speech in America not a right, 
but a value. And there's a big fucking difference, buddy. Freedom of speech in this country is a right. It's not a value. It's a right. And then on top of that, this dude's trying to hire Ime Odoka, you know, just a couple of months after uh, Ime Odoka. Like, the Celtics just watched their head coach take them to the NBA Finals. And he did something that was bad enough for them to say, we got to hire a law firm and investigate ourselves for all this. They suspended him for a year, and they're willing to let him walk to a conference opponent because they don't want him back, right? So what does that tell you? Like, even if you think, oh, all it was was sex, he, okay, the Celtics don't want him back. Why? Well, the Nets do, – do, I mean, morale is not something uh, – or character. Is right. The high character guys, I guess, is that. I don't know sure. what their opinion is on that, but that would be But Joseph Sy is riddled with his own, you know, right. you know hypocrisies he's as well. Not, yeah, he's so he's not. admonishing Kyrie Irving and all this stuff for what he did. Um, you know, he's, he's connected. So this would be my only advice for Kyrie is just like – Kai, like, or Kyrie, whatever you go by. So I don't know why I called you that. But I would understand it just like, man, it's something to be said about when you say something and, you know, maybe you didn't know that you hurt somebody. Like, maybe you didn't know that you offended somebody. And I think that the first step in any of this stuff is to be able to ask, you know, and if I did, understand why I hurt them. Or, like, how did that bother somebody? To me, that is a thing or the question that's not asked enough or trying to put that person in that position. Like, a lot of times the person that hurts doesn't know they hurt. Sure. You know? Hurt people hurt people. Yeah, and hurt people do hurt people. Yep. That's that's one of the big things about it. And so trying to get to that part of it and just like – because maybe Kyrie didn't even understand when he said something or when he hit tweet that he was actually maybe hurting somebody. And I don't know what that movie or whatever the thing is, but obviously – it's something. So, yeah. and it hurt people and it bothered people. And so maybe trying to understand that. And I understand, I just hate that they're going to say like, man, you, I demand you apologize and like bend in the knee or you, you're not going to play in our league. You know, it's just, I don't want it to get to that. I don't think, you know, I've seen people say, I, I don't know way worse. I can't say that, but you know. Oh yeah. You know. I have to. Yeah. But but like I don't want to say way worse or whatever because I haven't seen it. I don't know, you know, all of it because like you said, you're a white guy. I'm a black guy, and so I and I want to see it. You this know, is I, one where I just sit back, observe, and try to yeah, learn something. Yeah, and you know, Kyle, I'm already. I don't like speaking on things I don't know. Like you know how I am. I don't talk about guys. I don't. I, I haven't talked much this. about this on my show because I'm I'm actually I'm I'm not I'm never uncomfortable having an opinion. You know that about me. If thousand I percent. if I actually have one. Yeah, thousand percent. I don't have one here. Yeah. Because I'm but I'm you're not, not a dumbass and you you're not you don't come from a bad place, Kyle. Right. Yeah. I just I'm looking at it like, okay, you kind of seem hypocritical here and you know, yes. at the same time like I just I'm watching this because to your point, they are attempting to force him to bend the knee. Um, <laughs> and you can think that he should have to if you'd like. That's your prerogative. By all right. means, feel that way. Right. But, you know, there are a lot of people out there in the world, and I think you and I are both two of them, that the notion of anybody forcing me to bend the knee for an opinion or a belief that I have, right. that doesn't sit well. That doesn't sit well. It doesn't Especially sit well. Especially when you're somebody that has fuck you money. Right, and that's what Kyrie Irving has. No doubt. He has fuck you money. No He doesn't doubt. have to ever play basketball again if he doesn't want to. No, and I would still fight this, and they would maybe have to give him my money because I didn't do anything – well, you saw like, what Jalen Brown said. Jalen Brown said the NBPA, the Players Union, has a real problem with this. Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah. Like this, this and I is, would expect them to. There's no doubt. This is a big deal. You, I mean, this is not – I mean, it, it's gonna, you're going to have to really dive in 
and stuff like this if you're a team that all of a sudden doesn't want to fulfill his contract. Let me, let me, let me read to so, you what Jalen Brown said. Yeah, I, this I, is what, a big deal. So Jalen Brown said, quote, I don't believe Kyrie Irving is anti-Semitic. I don't think people in our governing bodies think he's anti-Semitic. He made a mistake. We understand from yeah, an outside perspective. I, I agree with that. We understand from an outside perspective how important sensitivity is to not condone hate speech and not condone anything of that nature. It's sensitivity to the dialect around that. We don't want to stand up for somebody in order to not condemn hate speech, but I don't believe Kyrie Irving is anti-Semitic, and hopefully the NBA feels the same way. And then he goes on to talk about it being an interesting distinction between what somebody says verbally and what somebody posts as a link on a platform with no description behind it. Um, Some people will argue there's no difference and some people will argue there is a difference but that's where though again I say like you and I said off the off the jump if you don't want to be misinterpreted then don't just retweet the fucking link right like this isn't a novel concept buddy Twitter's been around for a long time and while I think it's a vile place increasingly and I don't care how much I tweet anymore if all you do is retweet something that controversial don't be shocked when people when it's open to interpretation you know when certain people are like oh what does he mean by this why would he retweet that obviously he's endorsing it even if you don't, you left the door open for that. Just pack out a few thoughts if you don't endorse. Like, hey, I don't endorse this, but I'm curious what you think about it. And you're probably still going to get shitty people in your mentions saying horrible things, but you at least still have a statement to fall back on. Thousand percent. Right? Thousand percent. So I, have, I don't Controlling feel that. Controlling the narrative. That's it. That's all it is. So the Kyrie stuff is wild. It, it is wild. You got that. They got the Ben Simmons drama going on the same damn team. Uh, KD doesn't want to be there. You know that dude doesn't want to be there. Um, and now they fired Steve Nash as soon as they thought they could get Emei Odoka. But, man, I don't know. You want to talk about drama. Dude, that's what the NBA is. They thrive in the, the drama. The drama's better than the basketball. Let's be honest. <laughs> Let's be honest about it. The drama's better than the basketball. At you this know, point. And, and you're probably right. And I think one of the other things that really kind of brings it down is, like, I don't help because all I do is watch House of Highlights and people getting crossed up. That's all you watch? That's all I'm watching. Until the playoffs? Until the playoffs. That's, and I think and, it, and look, I'm just interested because I'm a Lakers fan and my Lakers are trash. That is accurate. They are hot garbage. That is accurate. And so I'm not as interested. Could be a, you could be a Hornets fan. I'd rather be cheering on Alabama's uh, women's soccer team, who's actually good this year. Obviously, that's a very for, random pull. Why is it? the first time ever. Oh, okay. So that, that's the reason behind that? Yeah. In my opinion, that's my that's my fan. Base. No, no, I, that's fine. I just didn't know it was random to pull out the Crimson Tide soccer team. That's what we're doing tonight. Romans and I don't give a piss about nothing but the Tide kind of mood. That's it. Oh. I don't give a piss about nothing but the Tide. You follow Willie? I do. Oh, Willie's so, the best. So, so <laughs> dude, let me tell you the funniest thing, Kyle. So, so I didn't know who this guy was, but my boy uh, Antoine Quezon sent me like four videos of like hysterical. This guy He's hysterical just, like, trying beers. See him try the IPA? Uh, no, I hadn't seen him try just the IPA. Just throws it over his shoulder. I've seen him throw all kinds of beers <laughs> over his shoulder. It ain't no Miller Lite. I got to have that. It ain't no Miller Lite. And then, and then like he says, and um, I, was in, uh, I was just in Athens. And anyways, I, I got a koozie. I met one of his people. And so the guy hit me up, man. So they're going to send me some uh, Uncle Willie stuff, some, some gear. It should be fun. I'll, I'll make sure I get you something, Kyle. Oh, I want to meet Willie so bad I can't stand it. He's, you know what? He's only, he's only like 30 minutes outside of like where my hometown is. I thought you were going to say he's only like 38, and I was going to call you a fucking liar to your face. See, how much Miller Lite has that man drank then if he's 38? <laughs> no, no, no. That, that's one of my favorites. There, there's also uh, – oh, there was something else. I got. I'm going to send it to you off the air. But uh, there's some – the content creation game right now – it's incredible, it which is. leads me to my last point, and then i got to go to work. Um, 
I'm an actor now. And so I, I need to start acting like a distinguished actor out of. <laughs> Dude, I love that you're going to do this. So I don't want to give away too much detail because nothing's actually happened yet, but it's in, in motion. Apparently, I'm going to at least play a small role in an upcoming zombie apocalypse television show on Amazon. And it, the root of it is with TikTok creators. And that's really all. I mean, I think that's all I can say at this point. I don't want to give away the. I don't, want to, I don't want to give it away too soon, but I was very graciously offered a role from a couple of listeners to my radio show who have blown up on TikTok, um, and they have created their own zombie apocalypse show that Amazon has picked up, and uh, we apparently are going to film it, start filming more of it here in a couple of months, and I'm pretty stoked about it. I, I, I've never set out to be an actor in any way, shape, or form. I never thought, hey, I'd like to act. In fact, it kind of scares the living Jesus out of me um, because I've never done it before, but it also sounds like a lot of fun. Yes, so, I, I can't wait. I, I want to see what your role is going to be. I think that's what I'm more excited about, Yeah, what that's going to be and who this character is going to be. And then how do you – do you, are you talking in your normal voice? I don't know. Are you, you going to have to do like another voice? So the guy who, the, I mean, the guy who reached out – I want to know. The guy who reached out is like, I think it's your voice with this character. That, so they have something in mind for me. And he's like, well, we think you're going to be like a, a general or a, a mountain man. And I'm like, all right, well, that fits, right? I mean, that's, that's yeah, the role that would make sense. you look like that. Yeah, that's what I am. So, I mean, it is what it, the second one, I'm not a live-acting general. I'm a radio host. But <laughs> otherwise – it's going to be fun, bro. It's going to be fun. I'm, I'm going to have an, to bro, I'm going to have an IMDb credit. I'm going to have an IMDb page with an acting credit on it. I don't even know what that is. You don't go to IMDb? No, what is that? So like if you ever watch a movie or a TV show and you're like, "What's that dude's name?" Or let me I, let me see what who's in this movie. You go to IMDb. It's the ultimate it's the international movie database. Oh, or is it no, I'm sorry, internet movie database. Yeah, IMDb. It has everything it. about every movie, TV show ever made on there. Dude, that is awesome. Literally, just like, You're not an IMDb guy. No. Oh, bro. There's a wealth of knowledge there waiting on you. I, I, I'm just uncracking this. I'm almost 40. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> you went behind. Like, dude, <laughs> I'm freaking mind blown right now. Uh, you know what we didn't do? We didn't give our best 66s. So we got to do that before we get out of here. Oh, my gosh. How did we not do that? We, we skipped. Came, we went through election day. We yeah, skipped we, right we, over We it. came in way hot. We, yeah, we just like, it was like F-bombing and election yeah. day and all this. Other. We completely forgot. Here's mine. Alan Fanica, Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh. You like that one? I do like that one. Mine. Mario Lemieux. Oh, dude, well done. The great Mario Lemieux. Well Probably done. the greatest hockey player outside of Wayne Gretzky. In my, well, he, he was my generation's best hockey player, Mario Lemieux. Then he had the young Yarmir Yager come up right Yarmir there with him. Yarmir Yager on him. Right there with him Woo. as a young stallion. And to watch Mario Lemieux do his freaking thing, you know, it sucked because he actually, what, he's the one that got Hodgkin's disease. When he was a player, uh, if I remember correctly, but it was a big loss. But then him being able to come back was amazing to watch and see because we literally had lost a legend. The Pittsburgh Penguins, Mario Lemieux was the absolute stud of the NHL uh, when he was playing early in his career. So shout out to him. He is the reason why I actually ever bought my NHL games when I was younger because I wanted to be like, I saw Mario Lemieux. And so he was a boss. Um, I, I loved his story, loved his ability. And then from there, I learned other hockey players. And so, and you know my, you know how I like hockey, Kyle. Especially playoff hockey, I'm all in. You know me. You, you, you have committed. <laughs> and so him, and then also one other shout out to one other 66. And this one comes with a funny story. And it is the offensive lineman, Larry Little. 
So Larry Little was an offensive guard, I believe, for the Miami Dolphins. Um, no, uh, uh, I thought he was uh, – yeah, yeah, where, yeah, okay. I th- yeah, I thought he got established mostly in Miami. Yes, that's correct. But the funny story is he's a uh, – and so my dad played against him, and I asked my – growing up, I was like, Dad, who's the hardest guy you ever got? Who's the hardest hit? He's like, this kid, this guy, Larry Little, he played guard, and he played for Bethune Cook. Yeah. And my dad said he literally knocked my face mask off. <laughs> that is why I'm choosing Larry Little. That's fantastic. And so when, That's fantastic. So, he literally knocked my face mask off. He, and so he's the one guy that I've never known, never seen play, that I know he's a fucking baller because he knocked my dad's face mask off. And shout out to him and my dad for that story. Because that is the one story my dad is always, he's like, this kid, this guy, Larry Little. That's amazing. No, I didn't see him coming until it was too late. He got me. That's amazing. Not my face. Man. Buddy, I just ordered some Greek from Yafo. Your boy's down. I 30, love Yafo. Your boy's down 36 pounds. I got to stay with the Mediterranean. You look great, bro. I Thanks. told you that when I first saw you. you said, Thanks, man. You look great, bro. Yeah, I'm working on it. I, I had to, uh, you know me. I've been talking Your about it. Your even looks better. Just gets, like, more defined. Thanks, bro. The, you know, the less weight I'm, you I'm, I'm starting to get back in shape. I've been I talking like about it. it for, like, I don't know, 12 months, and I'm finally doing it. So oh. we will talk to you next time. Thank you, guys. Yeah, absolutely.